Welcome to the Conditional Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims and con artists. We don't like these people and it shows. We believe the best way to expose them is to hold them up to a harsh light, point our index fingers in their general direction and mock them mercilessly, take them down a peg or two until they cease to exist in any other form than the shit on our shoes. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill and today we are looking at anti-vaxxers. Why? Because I just love heaping shit on them. And it turns out mm. they're making fuck loads of money. Of course they are. Why else would they be doing this ridiculous hobby cult so always the grift it's always the grift it always comes back to the grift so we're going to look at this the center for countering digital hate has released a report which gives some figures uh i think they're dramatically under but it gives us an idea of how much money these bastards are bringing in and spoiler alert it is more than you it sucks and these people (laughs) need to be stopped and we're going to discuss that after the news and we'll get on that after we get all over this the week that is seven days 168 hours of stuff happening all across the globe it's actually 168 hours and five minutes give or take Mm. if we are to follow the basic principles of the measurement of time known as the gregorian calendar and we're the conditional release program do it's the conditional release program's weekly news It's been a huge week in law enforcement and one not so flash for organised crime. On Monday, in what Prime Minister Scott Morrison described as a, quote, heavy blow against organised crime, not just in this country, but one that will echo around organised crime around the world, unquote. More than 200 arrests were made in Australia and, with more likely, Uh, more than three tonnes of drugs seized. That's just locally. Overseas, the carnage for the racket boys continued. In total, more than 800 arrests have been made, 700 premises searched, tonnes of drugs nabbed, hundreds of firearms seized, and more than 60 million in cash and cryptocurrencies confiscated. This is not going to do well for the pinger market. I'm going to find it very difficult to find drugs now. Drugs are about to get a whole lot more expensive. My weekends have been ruined. It was an extraordinarily elaborate sting that saw the AFP and FBI taking over an encrypted communications network criminals thought was safe. Uh, that encrypted network, known as ANOM, saw more than 12,000 devices sold to over 300 criminal syndicates operating in more than 100 countries. And the thing that I absolutely love about this is the criminals were sold the phones, yeah. and then not only did they pay like above and over for the phones themselves, but it was a paid subscription service. So they yeah. paid a monthly fee to a company that was actively using that money and that information to have them arrested violently in the future. That's just that's just fantastic. Just paying for someone to rat you out. Not just that, but the company run by the FBI would make regular contact with the crooks with surveys on how they could improve their service. That's so good. And they actually reacted to some of these things and that's made so changes to the Anom network that suited the crooks. And they that's just great. thought it was wonderful. What it's a great company. Funny. Really good. <laughs> Anom devices were mobile phones that had been stripped of all normal functions. The only working app was a calculator disguised as an entry ticket to Anom communications. After entering a code, users could send messages, documents and photos with end-to-end encryption. Law enforcement was able to intercept over 20 million messages in 45 languages that provided a large window on major criminal enterprises. One crook pushing Anom communications was Australian fugitive drug boss Hakan 
Ayik, who embraced the technology. AFB sources claim the big break in the operation came when Ayik uh, began using an ANOM device, and many other crooks followed his lead. The AFB issued a statement late on Monday suggesting Ayik now faces the prospect of swift retribution from other crims caught in a sting and should hand himself into police. That's for both. Uh-oh. Yeah, whoopsie. The operation known here as Ironside, but in the US's Trojan Shield, told many of us what we had already known or reasonably suspected. National and transnational crime syndicates operate in loose temporary coalitions of convenience. Outlaw motorcycle gangs seemingly at war on the streets will enter into conspiracies with each other. There is an entire chain of criminality with cartels producing narcotics in South America, mafia, mafia syndicates and Mexican cartels responsible for the wholesale traffic, bikies for local distribution, Middle Eastern crime groups responsible for money laundering. And they do a great job. I mean, they provide a service. They provide oh, yeah. a service, Jack. They, uh, they're very, very good for the economy. Uh, the other common, <laughs> common event we see in the wake of major police actions against organised crime is a great deal of violence. Where senior figureheads are arrested amid expectations they will be having long holidays behind bars, violent power struggles often arise to fill the leadership vacuum. Similarly, and as Hakan Ayik will be keenly aware, those blamed for the police actions and suspected of collusion with law enforcement or simply for creating the circumstances where senior crime figures find themselves behind bars, these people are now in the crosshairs, Ooh, so to speak. Spicy. The other major police action in the last week, which almost got lost in the shadow of Ironside, was an FBI announcement it had seized, uh, seized almost half the ill-gotten gains from the colonial pipeline ransomware attack in early May. And the pipeline, which supplies fuel to consumers from Texas to New York State, was forced to close for three days in May, causing fuel shortages uh, in much of the US. A colonial pipeline had paid $5.7 million uh, to a group of hackers known as Darkside, an Eastern Europe-based uh, cyber criminal group that targets victims using ransomware and extortion. Yeah, these Darkside guys actually kind of shit the bed when they realised that what they had targeted and like what trouble it had caused. These kind of scammers are the type of people that try and get a little <laughs> bit of money from some soft targets, maybe yeah. grandma here and there, a small business. And despite all the theatrics of the news and the use of the word hacker, it's usually just an email attachment opened by some employee at the firm. And from there, all the files are encrypted. It goes after the backups. Everything's turned into gibberish. And the encryption key is held at ransom, of course, mm-hmm. in ransomware. But then the idea of having US intelligence, multi-billion dollar apparatus Uh-oh. pointing their fingers at you, <laughs> that just proved to be a little bit too hot for these guys. They released a statement, and excuse the English because it's not great. Um, we are apolitical. We do not participate in geopolitics. Do not need to tie us with a defined government and look for other our motives. Okay. Cool. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to make money and not creating problems for society. Very we, noble. We, 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 we were just mucking around. We, we, just, we, we, <laughs> we were just hanging out. So <laughs> they then they said, from today, we introduce moderation and check each company that our yeah. partners want to encrypt to avoid social consequences in the well, future. There you go. Ransomware oh. attackers with heart. And there a, is bit, honor of, and amongst a these. bit of ethics. Good yeah, honor. just a, just a touch. Honor. Although they could go back to, uh, you know, sort of um, English classes because that was a terrible quote to read. I didn't enjoy it. That being said, <laughs> my Chechen isn't great either. So, you know, I probably shouldn't talk shit about people who speak English as a second language. 
Yeah, they've uh, drawn a bit of uh, drawn a bit of the spotlight towards them. Because on, mon- on Monday, the FBI announced that it seized two point seven billion, and, and and most of the difference there is basically in the fluctuation in Bitcoin. Yeah, um, and the FBI is not letting on how it was able to do it, but it is a first in the policing of transnational crime. The pseudonymous nature of cryptocurrency means it is essentially untraceable. One scenario is that the FBI was able to track the hacker's IP address to a server based in the US and then oblige the hosting service to allow it to examine the server and find the private keys, which are the secret randomly generated number which allows uh, Bitcoins to be spent. If this was the case, the FBI would be able to siphon off the Bitcoin bit by bit. Yeah, see, I have two theories on this one. Like, firstly... They are clearly terrified of the FBI kicking in their doors and they just gave up the key and just said, basically, look, have your money back. And the FBI then, not only do they get the money back, but they also get to gloat about how amazing they are at, you know, hacking, hacker trapping. Like, you know, look at us. We did so good. You know, pat on the back. You know, our our budget is justified. But then secondly, this one's more interesting. It has more implications that Bitcoin exchanges may be doing sneaky deals with the FBI and giving up criminals when asked. Because essentially to sell Bitcoin, like to do it well, you put it on an exchange. You can sell it otherwise, but it's a pain in the ass. You won't get market value for it. It's just, it's just a nightmare. So the Bitcoin ends up in one of these exchanges, and the FBI knock on their door and say, "Oh, mate, we've noticed you've just recently got a transaction." If they're giving up the keys to the feds, this is a huge game changer in the sort of libertarian paradise that has no government meddling in it. Because this is a lot of government meddling. I, I, I think a lot of ex- people on exchanges are. Uh, well, very carefully true, in this situation. If true, that's true. That that is absolutely accurate. You know, but look, the first thing to say about uh, cryptocurrencies generally is that if they were prohibited or at least regulated like normal currency transactions, crimes like ransomware attacks simply wouldn't happen. They'd be much harder. And there is a moral element to cryptocurrencies. People who invest in Bitcoin, Ethereum, Ripple or Litecoin, or one of the numerous other cryptocurrencies available, they they must do so knowing that the backbone of cryptocurrencies is organised crime. Yeah, I mean, like every time crypto goes up, assholes get rich. Like it's not only organised crime, it's kitty fiddlers. It's right-wing lunatic groups and dickheads like fucking Elon Musk. (laughs) There are very few people I can think of who are enriched by crypto that I would consider to be good people and even the dorks that made a mint of Bitcoin are often just these insufferable dicks who go from being like charming nerds into like, you know, sort of annoying tech bro types. Now, this is with the absolute complete exception of Tom Ellis, very good, good friend of the podcast. Good did okay on Bitcoin. Fair enough. Fair game. Everyone else is a fucking asshole. Bitcoin and crypto in general, it just turns people into fuckwits. The biggest problem organised criminal syndicates continue to face is how to wash or launder their money. Uh, To a considerable extent, cryptocurrencies provide a safe haven for black money and law-abiding investors need to know that what they are getting themselves into is often blood money, drug money, mass murder money. Mm -hmm. And even if an investor is sanguine about the moral nature of cryptocurrencies, they should necessarily understand that criminal syndicates are totally amoral too. And if they can figure out a way to part an investor of their crypto or manipulate prices to their benefit and at a loss to others, then these crooks are not going to furrow their brows and ponder the ethics of it. 
Absolutely not. And while Operation Einside is a serious blow to organised crime, it pays to remember the sheer power of transnational crime groups. The Calabrian mafia, known as Ndrangheta, has a total estimated annual revenue from their illicit business, large, larger than Australia's biggest public company, BHP Billiton. It's about sixty mm. billion. That's a lot of money. But in another blow, albeit one that took place late last year, with the mass arrests of almost a hundred Endrangheta heavyweights, and now a super trial occurring in a built-for-purpose concrete bunker-turned-jail-come-courtroom in Messina, Italy, an unwelcome spotlight is being held over the activities of the Calabrian mafia, including a rather lip-smacking tale of a complex fraud of EU agricultural subsidies to the tune of sixteen million. Nice though if you can get it. Now, one might think transnational organised crime is on the run. The reality is that Operation Ironside Trojan Shield is merely pushback against the ubiquity of organised crime. And while more arrests can be expected for Operation Ironside, etc., here and overseas, global organised crime is so pervasive that when one group drops, another will pop up to take its place, often dripping in blood. You can bet your Bitcoin on it. Yeah, I mean, look, as I said, these people provide a service, a service that people like because people in finance need to do cocaine to continue doing finance. And people in, you know, various sectors, they just, you know, they need a little sex trafficking, traffic of material. I mean, they're into every mortal thing. And there's also arms as well. Meanwhile, in the heartland of the lunatic fringe, Victoria has been playing a game of Where's Dan? A stupid game based on the shit-takes of the extreme right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ardent followers of conspiracy theories will recall the Victorian Premier Dan Andrews was shuffled off to Gitmo in 2020 and replaced with a body double during Victoria's 102-day lockdown. Remember that, Joel? Mm -hmm. Very much so. Uh, This has proved problematic because the body double then sustained a serious back injury and had to be hospitalised. The ersatz Andrews has been on leave ever since, and this has given rise to even more conspiracy theories about how counterfeit Dan sustained his injury. Mm. Now, I'm not sure we should give any of these conspiracists oxygen, but we know that the origins of the goss was an anonymous post on an encrypted messaging app favoured by far-right activists and conspiracy theorists and moved to a fringe website promoting QAnon and Port Arthur massacre misinformation. God, I hate that stuff. Yeah, fuck that. I had people from Hong Kong calling me and asking me if any of this shit was true. Seriously. Jesus fucking Christ, can't people fall over anymore? Why does a simple slip and fall injury have to turn into the assassination of JFK? Because Victoria's fucked in the head, that's why. (laughs) And we have the Victorian Liberal Party to thank for bringing this shit to the mainstream, and specifically Shadow Treasurer Louise Staley, who gave the conspiracies credence. Earlier in the week, Staley issued her 12 questions Dan Andrews must answer. (laughs) And following this craziness... Uh, the ambulance call-out form was released to the media with the approval of Dan Andrews, which answered five of those questions. But not to be deterred, Staley stumbled out of her office to address a gaggle of media on Thursday, demanding her outstanding seven questions be answered. But amusingly, she did so wearing what I can only describe as a sort of (laughs) haute-couture poncho. She made her argument strongly, what was prevented from going harder by an absence of arm movements for emphasis. I'll put the photo up on the CRP uh, shitposting site so, so we can all have a little bit of a laugh at it. It's very funny. But now we have this. 
at least one of as many as 12 Dan Andrews is going back to work. Yay. Dan Andrews is going to do more North Face stuff, whatever it is that he does. <laughs> and and uh, we know this because uh, one of the 12 Dan Andrews issued a statement on the Saturday, on Saturday 12th of June, uh, which briefly read, I'll read a section of it. This week I had another round of scans and a meeting with my care team at the Alfred and got some good news. And that good news is... I'm feeling good and I've been given the all clear to return to work on Monday, 28 June. And he was looking forward to it very much. Being Premier is a great honour. I cannot yeah. wait to get back to work, blah, 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 blah. Getting, Getting things car. done. Yeah. But it just raises so many questions. So many. Where are they hiding the body of the real Dan Andrews? And where are Louise Staley's arms? This is linked. We hope to have the answers on those conundra next week, folks. And in the conditional release program's Dog Who Plays Table Tennis, amusing segment at the end of our news bulletin to lighten things up and make you think the world isn't a bleak shit show from which the only escape is a cold embrace of death, we bring you news from the House of Windsor. Aww. As an avowed Republican, I can't take my eye off the British monarchy. If these people moved in next door, which I grant is not likely, given they own real estate to the value of $22 billion in the UK alone, but if the removalists did lug their furniture into the house next door, I'd move out. Yeah, out, out immediately. In the midst of alleged pedophile princes. Hey, Andy, where's that statement you were going to give the FBI? Remember that? You know, mm. your old, what your old mate Jeffrey Epstein was up to? It's been more than a year now, bro. And all the other stuff, marital breakups and generally shit behaviour. I've largely avoided the House of Windsor's recent travise, the rapid departure of a subset of their own who rejected the privileges of royal birth and marriage and preferring the sort of fame normally associated with celebrity chefs and the inventor of jazzercise. Mm -hmm. I thought, leave these people alone with their excruciating emotional pain. But that was never going to last because the artist presently known as the Duchess of Sussex has knocked out a book, a children's book no less, and has done so presumably because children's books have fewer words. Mm. No staring at a blank page with the grim task of knocking out 100,000 of them in vaguely coherent sentences or whispering sweet scandals to a ghostwriter for Megan. Uh, the bench's word count comes in at a neat 169 words. That's her book, The Bench. 169 yep. words. In what amounts to another triumph of brevity over ability, Megan Markle's auto autograph, printed in the book, reminds us she aspires to float in the rarefied air of megastardom, where one second name has become superfluous. There was Elvis, there is Sher, there sadly is Bono, there will always be Oprah, and now there is Megan. Now, the book is not yet on the shelves in Australia, but the reviews oh. are in, and the general consensus is Megan's The Bench is a blazing Zeppelin crash of drooling schmaltz and bad poetry. Consider the following. Right there on your bench, the place you'll call home, with daddy and son, where you'll never be lone. Mm -hmm. There's an yeah. apostrophe L-O-N-E there. Mm -hmm. Lone was a syllable extinguished to quicken up the iambic pentameter or a ghastly typo not picked up in the desk edit. It's hard to know, but if you listen carefully, you can hear George Gordon Byron, the sixth Baron Byron, spinning in his grave doing 360s at such a rate, the energy harvest could power a small city. 
and the House of Windsor's benchmark to date on children's literature is Budgie the Little Helicopter from the desk of the Duchess of York in what became a series of books and then an animated children's television show that at face value are so derivative of a certain community of locomotives with lovable faces, and I know you're a big fan, Joel. Big fan. That Ringo Starr may well have contemplated calling in the lawyers but clearly had too much class to chase it up. Yeah, it's always a story. Now, if you're wondering why we sneer, and sneer we do, it's because these parasites, Markle and Ferg, are taking up valuable space as writers. Fucking A. Where people with actual talent are overlooked by publishers who make room for celebrity fuckknuckles to churn out their fucking dross. Which people buy. Get out of the way, you brain-dead aristocrats. There are real people with real abilities who will force you back to your chaise lounge where you can happily eat bonbons all fucking day, which is the only thing you bloodsuckers seem to do well. Yep. And with that rant done, it's time to start another one because it's time for the Ranty Vaxa update. Oh, I see what you did there, yeah. Jack. I see what you, like you did. Yeah, that's good. Now, let's start with the good news. As of 12 June 2021, 2.33 billion people have received at least one shot of a COVID vaccine. That's 233 million people in the last seven days. In Australia, 5.64 million people have had one shot, with just 2.6% of the population fully vaccinated. Uh, Both figures are are less than the global average, just 22% of the national population receiving one shot. The global percentage is 30%. Can do better, Minister Greg Hunt, but to be fair... He has been distracted by issuing edicts that women should now discuss their contraceptive requirements with pharmacists. Pandering to the religious right in this country will never hurt you on the electoral school board, right, Minister? If there's anything this government does well, it is telling women what to do with their reproductive gear. Well, maybe not well, but they do do it a lot. Mm -hmm. And that, unbelievably, is the good news because our anti-vaxxer friends have ratcheted up their bullshit, Joe. Yeah, not surprisingly. In an incredibly annoying turn of events, the anti-vaxxers have yet another adverse reaction to fucking crow about, with the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines being linked to rare heart problems. And crowing they fucking are. Telegram is insufferable with this shit. So, personally, my take on this, as someone who's about to get the Pfizer vaccine... My heart's taken a beating over the years. I've been to Big Day Out. I didn't die. I'm feeling pretty confident they're going to handle this pretty well. You're merely keeping your heart rate up to the the pace of 21st century life, Joe. I'm a man of leisure. So federal health wonks are all over the US because they are. They're looking at this shit really closely because contrary to what idiots think on the internet, they're actually really keen to make sure that any adverse reactions are really well understood and, you know, and and documented. So. 800-odd cases of myocarditis and pericarditis, which obviously I had to Google. It's an inflammation of the heart, and most cases are quite mild, although 15 people out of the 800 do remain in hospital, which is concerning. And it's like it's it's a rare thing. It hasn't put a dent in the vaccine programs that are taking place around the world, but it is yet another thing that anti-vaxxers can use to scare the shit out of people who are hesitant to get the jab. You know, it's another... Well, what if this happens? You know, what if you're that? Even though the fact it's 800 cases out of how many million? So, yeah. Billions. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, as you said. So, look, it's it's, it's another blip on the radar, but it's a blip that they're going to crow about for fucking ages. So, in an absolutely inevitable turn toward violence, which, like, everyone can see coming, well, sort of, a Belgian virologist, Mark Van Rance, has been targeted by a far-right rogue soldier. 
who apparently has a vendetta for virologists and COVID lockdowns, which is just a sentence that would make no sense two years ago. I, I can just see this guy. You know, he's got cordite smeared all over his face and he's belly crawling on his on his nature stream. Yeah. <laughs> Must kill virologists. Yeah, humming slayer. So basically... <laughs> This fucking lunatic has gone on the run with a rocket launcher and a machine gun, and he's been, oh nice. Mm. And he's basically he's openly said that he's planning to kill virologists because, like, apparently he has a vendetta for virologists with which is, with, with, with RPGs. That's oh a thing now. God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just casually blowing up virologists' homes <laughs> because you know why not? So <laughs> essentially, apparently he was waiting for Van Rance to come home from work, but Van Rance was already home. He nope. came home early that day, thank fucking Christ, because otherwise he would have won in the crosshairs and got taken out. And ironically, this guy who has a vendetta against lockdowns has forced his family into a safe house they cannot leave. Mm. They're now in a lockdown. How fucking ironic is that? Uh, mm. What an absolute prick. So, of course, idiots have rallied around this fuck with a support group of the right-wing extremists on Facebook apparently getting 50,000 followers. 50,000 like, followers to, he's got to a, a fan man club. who is set on murdering a virologist and his family. Yeah, uh, how the fuck? Like, it just it's I hate just, anti-vaxxers so much. I just mm. I hate any anti-vaxxers who are listening. Just off a cliff, just jump, just jump. I'm done with you. I'm fucking over it. Like just, the fact that someone has gone to this extreme to just prove a weird anti-vax point and enact some sort of bizarre vengeance against virologists shows that the aggressive nature of anti-vaccine sentiment online can yes. easily turn into violence. I mean, it's extreme language they use. Coming they very are dangerous. Constantly being berated with messaging about depopulation programs, the hands of the elite. Bill Gates is trying to kill everyone. And eventually, it's going to end in someone going rogue, picking up a gun and trying to shoot someone. Well, well you had this yeah. poor idiot last week who ran her car into the queue of people waiting in line to be vaccinated, which I I think it's funny, the fact that she was like trying to save them from a vaccine by trying to kill them. Like, I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> see the logic there. But at the end of the day, look, if we could go back in time and deplatform these people before things turned fucking weird, then maybe we would have got around this. But it's too little too late. Deplatforming works but it wasn't done in time, and now we just have to watch these people as they fucking snap. And that's a big snap, crackle, and pop from me, Joel. And maybe you too, when I, not you, ask the question, which black pill fuckwit said that? Today we're going to have a change of pace. I'll be asking the question, which black pill fuckwit said that? Demanding answers from Joel, and not just any old answers, but the actual answers, the real ones. Fuck this post-truth era. I demand the truth, so much so that if Joel gets any one of the next three questions wrong, he must A, drink only Carlton Draft out of the tin for the rest of his life, and B... Nah. They recommended retail prices nah. for said tins. Nah, you know me too well. I'm not cool with this. You, That is evil. You are a yeah, bad man. That's I am a very bad man. Uh, by the way, I want to thank Compulsive Conditional Release Program listener Sauce for guiding me to some very black-pilled fuckwits. Sauce is uh, every piece of merch the CRP has in rotation, so there's little point in giving her any more. Let's just leave her with a prize of my heartfelt thanks. It sadly has no cash value, but on the other side, you really don't have to declare it in your tax. Yeah, that's nice. That's nice. No capital gains on that. Yeah, that's right. Just heartfelt thanks. Thank you, Sauce. Now, are you ready, Joel? Fuck no. This is terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's the quote. Here's the first one. It is now advised to vaccinate cats in their tails as a tailless cat is much better than a legless one. Oh, fuck. I don't know. 
Well, let me give you some multiple choice options. Okay. Uh, the first is Michael Sims, area man, local anti-vax, anti-lockdown, yeah. moron. Actually, that's not quite true. Michael would have to do a TAFE course to become a moron. Let's face it. He would lie about having the qualification anyway. It doesn't matter. B, crazy cat lady from down the road. Now, everyone has a crazy cat lady in their neighbourhood. I believe you're the current crazy cat lady in your street, Joel. So Fuck was yeah. it you who said it? If I could have been <laughs> after a few carton draft tins. C, Bern- Bernhard Loritz of Frederick Bang, mm. a Danish veterinarian known as the father of feline veterinary treatment. Or D, secret cat lover and unassassinated member of the Kennedy family, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Fuck, I don't know. I mean, fuck. It's such a dumb quote. Who the fuck said that? What a moron. <laughs> I mean, what a just a fucking weird it is person. now advised to vaccinate cats in their tails as a tailless cat is much better than a legless one. This has got to be a red herring, and I'm sure this is the whole, like, you know, obvious answer is the wrong one, but I'm going with the vet, the bang guy. Oh, I'm afraid you're wrong. You, your, your knowledge of, of uh, veterinary scientists is poor uh, at best. Bernard Loritz Frederick Bang was actually uh, practising veterinary science in the 19th century. Ah. Well, I just put him in there because I love the sound of his name. It Bernard is great, isn't Loritz it? Frederick Bang. Yeah, yeah. I just got banged by, <laughs> yeah. by Loritz. Look, i got to tell you. Who said the, it? The answer is Michael Sims. Oh, my God. And this is part of the whole anti-vax push because not content with uh, lying about the human consequences, they're now saying, Michael Sims is quoting from some terrible source, that any cat that receives a vaccination for feline enteritis and those sorts of things, uh, once they have that needle, basically that area becomes prone to cancer. What a fucking maker. And so if you're going to vaccinate your cat, do it in the tail because at least they'll be able to lop off the tail, which is a lot better than having to lop off all four legs, according to Michael, which probably makes sense, except it's all fucking bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's just not known at all. God, I just never, ever, ever want to have lunch with that guy. Oh, looks like I better get you a six pack of the Carlton tins right now. Yeah, that's the fucking limit. That's that's as much as. <laughs> All right, here we go. I really, uh, I really, I really went to town on this on this mm. next one. Uh, this is a quote. He Scott Morrison has accepted so much evil, and now here is saying you're going to have a vaccine passport to leave your house to have a job and to and to travel, and it's going to be attached to a government wallet. So now what you buy and what you sell and you do will be attached to this wallet, and once that's adopted, they'll phase out all other currencies. That doesn't make any fucking sense. And if they know anything about public IT departments, they're not going to pull this off. (laughs) It's going to be a complete shit show. Look at the fucking COVID safe app. It didn't work. I'll give you a little clue. It's not supposed to make any sense. But there is a a man uh, claiming, well, I said some answer. I've already given you that much. <laughs> All right. So who said it that uh, Scott Morrison was in the business of vaccine passports and altering global currency? Yeah. Was it punch drunk conspiracist Anthony Chokmandine? I want to say it, but I'm not going to. The man who single-handedly has brought the collective IQ of the Australian Senate into double digits, Queensland Fonz Senator Malcolm Roberts. Mm-hmm. Was it him? Was it Roberts? Was I hate. It, was it Chokmandine? Was it star of ever-diminishing screen, 
you really have to look hard to find the InfoWars show on the Good. net these days, people. Alex Jones, or was it RDA director with superb hair, Monica Smith? Whatever shampoo she's using, possibly yak milk, I'm thinking. I want a very large bottle of it. Let us know the brand, Monica. I know she's a close friend of the program. I imagine she's probably selling it on her website. Um Look, I'm going to go Roberts, and I'm going to say this with a heavy heart because if this is true, I really hate that this is probably on Hansard. That just makes me fucking <laughs> sick to the stomach. No, this was Alex Jones. It was Alex Jones? Scott Morrison made news with Alex Jones. Oh, my God. We've made it to the big time. I didn't big think time. Alex Jones gave big a fuck time. about Australia. Maybe no, it's all those man. pilled Sky News fucking clips he's been watching the, on YouTube. The, 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 the PMO's media unit would have just been... Just jumping Just up chuffed. and down. We've Imagine done it. How- we've Burns made- Fire would have been so we've stoked. we Info Wars. Yeah. So there you go. I thought that would throw you, and that's why. It did. You know, it got me good. There's, there's another six-pack of Carlton Draft coming your way, I Joe. I am so upset. So upset. <laughs> At full price, by the way. I'm going to be um, against the wall. Last of the, uh, well, the, the third and last question, here's the quote. You don't need masks. They don't work. Forget lockdowns, they never slow transmission. You don't need to be vaccinated. Yeah, unquote. that's punchy. Good. And A, option A, is Eric Trump, idiot fail son of the Trump empire and founder of Trump Online, where you can buy a set of candles 10 fucking times what they're actually worth, postage and handling extra. Mm-hmm. Former Pfizer researcher Michael Yeaton, who is undergoing oh, one of those... Guy. Midlife male crises that would normally be overcome by leasing a red sports car without telling his wife and a desperate attempt to compensate for the size of his penis. You can't whip butter with a toothpick, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Life head. lessons. Uh, or, or was it, in fact, Health Minister Greg Hunt becoming confused yet again at a press conference? Or was it your local pharmacist who can give you some very fine information on what contraceptive methods women should be taking and perhaps none at all so we have the kind of birth rates we see in the Democratic Republic of Congo? Oh, wouldn't Scott Morrison just fucking love that? Uh, Look, I'm going to go Michael Yaden, who really is a peeled piece of shit who um, just people shouldn't listen to. Cue congratulatory music. You have uh, have got one out of three. That was, in fact, Michael Yaden. Finally. Hideous rant that he went on on some shit, uh, some shit YouTube, YouTube channel. channel. Yeah, yeah. Just fuck uh, that guy so much. Michael Yeadon, everyone who used to work with him says, I don't know what happened to Michael. Yeah, this is the <laughs> thing. Just- they all have brain injuries and then they come <laughs> back and they're like, Oh, remember me? I used to do things that are relevant and now I'm going to say stuff. Like, fuck um, off. Buy yourself a red sports car or a penile implant or something, Michael, because, and you just know. Fuck off. You have really fucking lost. Just plot. leave us alone. One out of three. Look, I will be drinking Carlton. Fucking draft <laughs> on the next podcast. At nice. full retail price. Now, we asked so listeners upset. to send us an email if they've come across something really, really stupid said by Black Bill Fuckwits. We want your input, listeners. If you've recently come across something posted that is so odd, so bizarre, that it can only be appreciated by the criminally stupid, drop us a line. Yeah, we'll send you a stubby holder and some assorted TCRP tatter. I might send you a photo of my fucking six-pack of Carlton Draft. <laughs> if you make my life easier and send me a quote we can use on the show. Although maybe, you know... Maybe it'll be making Jack's life easier. Let's see. I love Carlton Draft. Not as much as I love the green cans, the green demons. Whenever you go and get me a beer at the bar, you're like, oh, do you want a beer? And I'm like, yes. And then he'd come back with a fucking Carlton Draft. Carlton Draft. Yeah. Damn it. 
Yeah, that's graceful uh, beer. You know, it, it, it's it's the only beer that ever should be made. We at the Conditional Release Program understand that listening to this program requires a fairly large dose of intoxicants, and they're best served cold and kept cold. Damn and right. The only way to keep your preferred poison cold is a TCRP stubby holder. The only stubby holder clinically proven to keep drinks cold. I've got all the data if you ever want a job. The rest yes. of them are just shit. Just shit. So drop us a line, listeners, to the conditional release program at gmail.com. Now, it's time to do what the conditional release program says it does on the tin. Yes. Expose Griftus and Connors to inveigling themselves in some dark shit. Say that nine times quickly. Anti this and anti that, just so they can enrich themselves because they are a bunch of disingenuous cunts. It's time for our deeper dive on anti-vax scammers. <laughs> One of the most irritating things anti-vaxxers say is a big farm is all about profits and anti-vaxxers are doing it out of a sense of like duty to public health or some sort of labor of love that seeks to avenge the injustice of vaccine injured loved ones or protect the public from this, you know, like harm that's caused by vaccines, whether it be autism or death or whatever they fucking claim. Complete bullshit. And of course it is. I mean, the Center for Countering Digital Hate have been doing some really good work recently on tracking anti-vaxxers and explaining the finer points of their grift. And they recently released this great report that looks into, as they call them, the pandemic profiteers, Uh. the anti-vaxxers that weaponize vaccine hesitancy and turn it into militant anti-vax sentiment, breeds Mm. fucking rogue soldiers. So their mission is to spread hysteria amongst the gullible, the vulnerable, and especially the empathetic in society and basically using the death and paralysis of children with tenuous links to vaccine reactions to solicit donations. And it, this is just what they do. This is just another day in the office for these people. They're fucking grifters. And we've been talking about this uh, on the Conditional Release Program for a very long time. It's yep. not just that this is some sort of weird ideology, weird anti-science ideology. It's a grift. Yeah. And so the Centre for... Uh, countering digital hate has prepared a lot of data and the data is in now. Yeah, it's conclusive. I mean, anti-vax has always been a business disguised as activism and they've done a great job of exposing some of the ways in which it works, putting some dollar figure signs onto the actual like industry itself and the report mm. the report is worth a read. It's, it's not that long. industry, yes. Yeah, it is. It's a fucking industry and like I think the, the report dramatically understates the value uh, as a whole. I think that some of their figures exclude a lot of stuff out of, uh, uh, you know, uncertainty and I Look, understand I, that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay if it's conservative. Well, you, yeah, you've got to be conservative. I'm, uh, it's a lot better than gilding the lily, you know. True. But if you're, you're rounding up, if you like, and yeah, exactly. And so I, I think that's actually good. But but you know what? I what, agree. What this report does give us is a is a sense of just how big this industry is. Exactly. Yeah, and it gives you an idea of the fact that, like, at least you you can see in dollar figures that these guys are making very decent amounts of money. But mm. what it mostly focuses on is the revenue from social media and just general sales, rather than a lot of the money that comes from these deep pocketed who call themselves philanthropists, but whatever the fuck that even means when it comes to giving money to anti-vax <laughs> organisations, who are just pilled idiots from the internet, because mm. like. The thing that you've got to establish first off the bat, and Tom Ellis actually told me this, drug companies fucking hate vaccines. They just can't well, stand them. Well, I don't know that they hate them. They Essentially, do. a vaccine is a, is a public relations exercise for, for, for some of the big 
um, pharmaceutical companies. For they the COVID vaccine it is, but every other one's a pain in the ass. This is why they've got these mm. liability limiting, uh, you know, insurance things where they, you know, in the US they've got the, um, you know, the, the liability, uh, the vaccine adverse reaction court thing because drug companies are like, look, if there's, if there's adverse reactions on the money we're making on this, I'm not fucking copying it. Viagra, Vioxx, all those sort of things. If you've got a recall, they'll cop to it because they make billions off these drugs. That's right. So Vaccines the, don't make money. Basically, yeah, this it's one of the one of the anti-vax um, one of the many myths that that basically big pharma is just reaping in the dough over the COVID vaccines. And while the, while they will be enjoying you know you know significant boosts to their cash flow over them, it's the pills, it's the heart tablets, it's the yep. anti-diarrhea tablet, it's yep. the, uh, the pills. tablet that you have to take regularly. Yeah. And generally, you know, if it's a prescription drug, it's, you know, it's the, the cost of it are, are quite considerable. If there's no, particularly if there's no generic around. So that's where Big Pharma makes its money. That's it's where the money comes It's not necessarily making money out of vaccines. That's it. And the thing with uh, the way this whole thing works is that the regulations are really, really tight. You have to cop all this shit from people on the internet. Mm. And most of the research is done by the public sector in universities and health institutes. So it doesn't make any money. All the drug companies mm. tend to do is like manufacture them. So mm. most of the impetus is because governments love vaccines. It's like public health gold dust because they cut the cost of healthcare and they keep people alive, which if you stop reading fucking posts on Telegram is actually a major <laughs> objective for governments. Stop reading posts on Telegram, Joel. I do need to stop reading posts on Telegram. I need to take- It's a, not good for your mental health. A bit of leaf out of Pete's book. It's fucking awful in there. <laughs> this whole public-private partnership ends up being that the drug companies have this low profit manufacturing contract, which yep. is usually just like they're coerced into by government. And yeah, okay, so they'll do a vaccine liability waiver mm. due to the fact that there's no fucking money in it because there's no fucking money in it. There's no fucking money. There are corollary benefits in in research and development. So so they you know it, it's not without benefit, but but in yeah. terms of in terms of the big injection of cash into big pharma, it's it's the pill grandpa takes six of every day. That's the one. That is the one. So as long as people see long life expectancy and low infant mortality as being a benefit to society, governments are going to keep pushing vaccines and either encourage drug companies to make them or force them to with, you know, regulations and legislation and all sorts of intensive and stuff like that. Because this is how things work. You know, we live in a fucking society. But what is the point of all this anti-vax nonsense if this is the case? Look, you know, what are they fighting? Well, they're, they're fighting themselves. It's a grift. The whole thing. That's it. Yeah, and it's like, you know, if you look at it like a pyramid, there's at the top, you'll see the disinformation dozen, which is the 12 people that the CCDH singled out and said that they are responsible for most of the anti-vax propaganda. The disinformation dozen, yes. It's such a catchy phrase. Starring I really love Telly Savalas. Yes. <laughs> Telly Savalas as the former axe-wheeling maniac with a heart of gold. Yeah, um, bless. And yeah. Like, yeah. And while like the hero complexes these people have, I'm sure that gives them a mm. lot of satisfaction. They are very good at squeezing money out of their cult. They always have their hands out. Yeah, yeah. And it's always attached to some poor sick child saying they've been vaccine injured or some shit. And this sort of thing is really, really hard to watch because you see these kids in these hospital beds and you're meant to, what, like keep scrolling? No, it's sad. But 
it's all confected bullshit. Yeah, they're they're, they're the internet puppies. Um, yeah, you know, totally. They're, 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 they're sort of, you know, cats on Instagram. Um, yeah. But for but for anti vaxxers or those susceptible to it. So from what I've seen, there's three types of anti vaxxers in the pyramid. At the top, you've got your cult leaders. You know, your RFK Jr., your Joe McCullough, your Del Big Tree, your Sayer G. There's heaps more of them, and they're charismatic. They're prolific. And they're highly motivated by money and power. They're constantly posting. They're constantly making appeals. They're tireless, you know, crusaders in the fight against vaccines. Mm. They absolutely command over their cults with these huge disinformation campaigns. There's always slick media, expert manipulation tactics. They use political tactics like as if you were studying them at school. I often see throwbacks to my political science classes in the way they deliver media. It's fucked up. And the whole thing is to draw out this empathetic response to these walking wallets they're targeting with all this highly emotive messaging. And they sit on top of this like vast media and merchandise business and they bring in a lot of money. Not only that, but they also treated like rock stars. They go and speak at these conventions. People fawn over them and they love the attention. You see them light up. I mean, I'd love to be a cult leader too. It's just got a few drawbacks like, you know, being a sociopath. So those are, those are your cult leaders from the anti-vax movement. You've identified yeah. a few. They're making good money and they're very, very intentional on what they're doing. But yeah. then down the pyramid a notch, you've got a lot more of these, which is the lunatic grifters. And in the USA, just one example is Katie Klobes, who is an evil piece of shit. And it's a really sad story. But basically, she was sleeping with her kid in the in the bed. She rolled over on the kid and killed the kid. And this is an awful circumstance that I make absolutely no light of. And- the fact that this made Katie Klobe's brain just completely short circuit is understandable. I mean, killing your infant in a moment of what is just a like, you know, innocent negligence really would, would be life changing and horrifying. Mm. But what's she done? She just goes, Oh, it wasn't me. It was vaccines. Yeah. I don't care what you use in your head to justify something as awful as that. I'm it's not my business. But once you start doing public campaigns, yes. using your child as a tool to elicit sympathetic your responses. Child. Your dead, your dead child. child. And, like, it's just this – she's just gone completely nuts. And this is all just because she can't accept what happened to her child. So, she's devoted her life to this denial. And these idiots on the internet enable her by giving her money and going along with her fucking sub story. It's just yeah. absolutely disgusting. She just keeps on churning out donation drives. And what she does, she puts up billboards around America promoting these anti-vax tropes with pictures of her fucking kid on it. Like, it's just despicable. She's just a terrible person. And then in Australia, we have people like Meryl Dory, the Vax bus driver and the head of the AVN, which is called the Australian Vaccination Risks Network. It used Ooh. to be Australian Vaccination Network, but they got done for having a misleading name because that's what anti-vaxxers do. They fucking that's lie. That's right. Yeah. So Dory is a fucking lunatic. Like she's nothing like the polished sort of gentleman that RFK presents himself as. She's more of a foot soldier and she has that sort of soldier sort of thing, you know, always wearing her vaxxed T-shirt on her vaxxed bus and always going out and have, you know, like trolling fucking conferences and shit saying, oh, but what about autism? Like, fuck off. So <laughs> Dory's a yank by birth. Where does she live in Australia, Joe? Shock me. Oh, where, where do you think? Where do you think? I'll give you one fucking guess. Just a region. Just pick a region out of a hat. Uh... Uh, um, um, yeah, it's entirely predictable, isn't it? Yep, yep, just just straight up in Bangalore. 
uh, in the good old Northern Rivers. Uh, it's there just like, go. and the funny thing is, like, now that I think of it, maybe Pete is right. Maybe they are actually spraying the area with chemtrails. <laughs> like, I mean, these people are fucking morons. Like, it, it starts to make sense after a while. I can see why he's scared of clouds. They're just making them dumber as time goes on. So, the AVN runs off this sort of thinly veiled donation system they call sponsorship. And they've also got like a membership thing where for $25 a year, you're a member. And they sell various crappy merch, the Vax t-shirts and the Vax DVDs and shit, which can't make too much money. One of the major sponsors they have is Mike Adams Natural News. And we'll fucking get to him in a minute because he's a real piece of shit. And they have a very cozy relationship with Polly Tommy, Andrew Wakefield, Del Bigtree. And these are all like, you know, big guns in the anti-vax scene who have a shitload of money. So there's definitely mm. money floating around. There's, there's you know, money coming in. There's cash flow there. When you got rich mates, you tend to have a little bit of money in the coffer. So the reason they can't ask for donations and they call it sponsorship is that the AVN were banned from fundraising in 2010 on the grounds oh. of A, fundraising without authority. Don't even know what that means, but it sounds about right. <laughs> Unauthorized expenditure. Well, I know what that means. And mm. failure to keep proper records of income and expenditure. Ooh. So they just basically just went, you're grifting, you're grifting, you're grifting. You can't do that. I, I have to tell you that the Charities Board is perhaps not the most proactive um, sector of government. Yeah. Uh, so if you get bounced out of this, you really have, you know, you've, you have you've done something wrong. quite, quite yep. openly, yeah. Yep. Yeah, cool. that's it. I mean, look, look, when you look at these guys, they seem to live on fairly modest incomes. You know, I don't see Katie Cloves running around with diamonds and handbags. Dory does not look like a wealthy woman at all. I think she lives in strong modesty. Other, other than that, or she just does not scrub up well. But this is because they truly believe their own bullshit. They're just peeled to the gills and they live in this finely created echo chamber and they live their lives as basically middlemen for the multi-million dollar cult. They feed the hearts and minds and the donations more to the top of the pyramid and they get some back, you know, almost like an affiliate. Now, as a side note, if you want to see Meryl Dory in action, a genuinely entertaining documentary by the utterly fierce and just terrifying Jane Hansen, check out Big Shots, Anti-Vaxxers Exposed. It's on Foxtel now. If you don't have Foxtel, like most people on this planet, you can usually find a free month online. Honestly, I got a trial just to Is watch it on, this. It'll, probably, it'll be on Binge as well. Probably yeah. on Binge. Yeah. It's so yeah. good. Like, she's just- I, Yeah, I haven't seen it, so I'll, I'll check it out this oh, week. you've yeah. got to watch it. It's so funny. Jane is savage. Mm, I would. I do not good. want to make her upset. I swear. She just has- I just love it. She's- Yeah. It's it's uh, so much fun to watch. It's just so getting back to this pyramid of money. It's a trapezoid. No, yes. no, no. It's a pyramid. So who is making all the money? Where's the yes. where's all the big dough going? Well, you see, in a situation like this, your mind probably wanders toward RFK Jr., who is essentially the face of the anti-vax grift. Yeah. But at the top of the pyramid is a vicious little prick named Joe Mercola. Joe Mercola. You may not think you've heard of him, but you probably have. Yes. And back when Google was a little more basic and stopped shadow banning the shit out of these people, often if you looked up symptoms for a cold or something like that, you'd get Mercola. And it looked like mainstream health advice with a bit of like, you know, take some vitamin C sort of kicked in the side, yeah. which is fine. But he's gotten pretty pilled over the last few years. So- he runs this alternative health news site, which is Mercola.com, which like these days is just a huge supplement grift and a conspiracy mill. Essentially, Joe Mercola, according to reports in the Washington Post in 2017, 
has over $100 million. Realistically, this is conservative figure because he's pulling in apparently around $3 million a month. $3 million a month. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, look, you know, he's probably putting and on that, fucking Bitcoin and, too. And that's because of COVID. That's because he's basically, he's enriching himself even more on oh, the totally. back of a pandemic. I think this $3 million a month was actually from 2017. So, it would not surprise me for a second. Mm. That's gone up uh, quite a lot. So, right. Joe lives an absolute luxurious life. He's got he multi-million dollar mansions. He's laughing his fucking ass off. And he just claims to be offering an alternative to conventional medicine. Oh, that's but all. Of course, yeah. Oh, it's just, just casually. Oh, don't worry about it. But like it's clearly in his financial interests to disincentivize people going to doctors because when they go to doctors, they don't go to him. They don't go he to doesn't Joe. make money. Yeah. So when yeah. you look up these symptoms online, his whole thing is to redirect you from the traditional public health system or private health system in the US to his products, which is fucking awful. So while people like this always say that Big Pharma wants to keep you sick. No one wants to keep you sick quite like Joe McCullough does. It's the whole basis it's of it. It's the whole basis that, of it. Look, it, 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 it wouldn't really matter if you if you were genuinely sick or or basically you were making it up, you know. I mean, I, I guess what Joe uh, really wants is, is a sort of small army of, of people susceptible to suggestion. You yep. know, yep. Uh, and constantly sort of self-aware hypochondriacs would love Joe, wouldn't they? He'd love, to, he'd love them wallets. too. Yeah, oh, big time. And like, this is the thing, like, not only is he this like, you know, sort of quasi-evil jerk-off, he's also been like nickel and diming his followers by refusing to honor his own money back guarantee, just refusing them. So he says, oh, look, you know, if there's a problem, we'll give you money back. And then just doesn't. And not only that, but <laughs> if there was a delayed order, he would give them a fake tracking number to sort of throw them off the scent. And then they complain and a whole sort of thing. So like, not only that, but he sells, he's a grifter with terrible customer service who just does anything <laughs> to land a sale. He also sells bullshit pet health products, which you can just imagine are just like, you know, make hey. your cat nicer to you well, with yeah. this pill. Like, you must inject your, your cat. You must vaccinate your cat in yes, the tail. In the uh, tail. Because yeah. a, a tailless cat is better than a legless one. Yeah, so there exactly. you go. They're coming for our animals. People love spending money on pets. God, I know I do. So, you know. It is what it is. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Exactly. I'm the crazy Talking cat lady. About industries. Ah, yeah. oh, huge. Yeah. So Joe pumps money into anti-vax organizations to pursue his agenda, which makes a lot of sense. But he does it in big money, millions of dollars. He also employs staff in the Philippines to push the agenda as far as possible. I mean, you know, he's outsourcing to just basically get people to just tap out content and amplify messages. McCola is predictably mates with Alex Jones and pushes the idea that the vaccine is a depopulation strategy and conveniently, of course, sells the alternative cure. Wow. And, of course, Alex, Alex oh, is Alex Jones making a fortune on supplements. Well. He's made you know, a lot uh, of money, a terrifying amount of money. And he's a guy you don't want to be rich. You just don't yeah. want Alex Jones to have money. <laughs> but you don't want to be taking anything he's flogging. I mean, Alex Jones has zero clinical background, zero medical training. Yep. He's just a fucking loudmouth fucking bully. He's just, just yeah, he's a bully, exactly. That's a right. A loudmouth lunatic, really. And That's right. Why anyone would go, gee, you know, my old liver's been playing up. I yeah, better, better go talk to Alex. Jones supplement. <laughs> <laughs> I better get a truckload of those shipped over. Better talk to Dr. Do. Alex. Yeah, exactly. And like, look, while Joe sits at the top of this, or at least in my opinion he does, 
RFK mm. Jr. is certainly up there. And the CCDH has him at around $3 million in revenue, but he only wow. takes a $255,000 salary, right. only yeah. 250K. Well, yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's got a lot of money tied up in Chappaquiddick. God, um, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ooh, the lawsuits. So, don't, don't get in the car. Don't get in the car with him after he's had a drink or two. Ooh, that's sad. Oh, sorry, no, that was Teddy. Teddy's still around. He's yeah. All right. Teddy's all right. Yeah. Teddy's yeah. all right. I might have killed a young woman, but never mind. Yeah, it's all right. You know, uh, actually, I was going to say something. I'm just not going to say the joke because it's, it's too disgusting. Um, so, RFK Jr. comes from Kennedy Money, as we all sort of know. So, mm. you know, it's weird that he's so keen on the grift and he's made so much money as a lawyer because he did all those water lawsuits and things like that. He's got a shitload yeah. of cash. Yeah, that's right. So, that, that's what I always thought that he really wasn't of that of that sort of mm. um, disinformation dozen. At least he wasn't a grifter, but you're saying, he is. Well, fuck yeah. He's got his hand out all the time. The $3 million in revenue doesn't come from fucking hopes and dreams. It comes from people donating it to him. Like, <laughs> he puts his hand out with the most manipulative fucking public campaigns. And, like... Terrible. He's just a fucking grifter. He's a massive fucking yeah. grifter. And he's a cult leader as well. He loves the adoration he gets from all the people who, you know, go and see him speak and he goes to his conferences. And here's a guy, right, who thinks that measles is relatively harmless despite the fact that it kills, well, as yeah, we discussed. I would, I would put RFK Jr. Uh, as the one perhaps more responsible than any other person for basically reviving measles as a disease in, in, in the Western world. Yeah, well, in yeah. In Australia, in yeah. California, yep. uh, throughout the South Pacific, in New Zealand. Yep. You know, he is the one more most responsible uh, for the MMR, you know, basically really, for, for not yeah. people getting the MMR or he, having their children take the MMR. He strongly advocates the MMR to yeah. basically be abolished because measles is not a big deal. It kills 250,000 fucking people a year, mostly children. And mostly I know that's that from the and podcast. And horribly. Yeah. And horribly. Awful and- deaths. And this fuckhead just wants that to increase. Like, what the fuck? So, this is the kind of delusional shit you're dealing with when you're talking about RFK. He runs this children's health defense, which is ironically named considering the fact that he basically wants children to die. So, I'm not sure what part of the health you're offending. You know, you're a bit of a fucking prick. So, But that's where the grift comes from. And the grift is so strong. Like, it's so strong. It's so not necessary. You've got so much money. Like, just calm down. So, the Mm. next guys on the shit list is Ty and Charlene Bolland. Oh, I know them. Oh, they're mm. the fucking worst. And mm. they're behind the Close. terribly named organization, The Truth About Cancer. And they sell people these ridiculous cures for cancer at these ridiculously high prices. And basically, the back the backbone of it is that they sell a like a, a bunch of videos that tell you all these alternate therapies about uh, cancer. And they it's about 500 bucks or something like that. And they sell a shitload of them. And they basically divert people from traditional healthcare to alternative therapies that- are just like not only unproven but a fucking boneheaded and yeah. it kills people. This fucking kills people. It kills people. Absolutely so if- kills people. I can um- tell you right now, if I had listened to Ty and Charlene Bollinger and gone out and bought their supplements when I was diagnosed, I'd be fucking dead now. You'd be very dead. This podcast would never have happened. Yeah, and no, and no podcast, which no would podcast. be, you know, regrettable. That's a national and, um, tragedy. <laughs> you should all be very angry at these people. Think about that. Do not hesitate when you're, when you're looking at cancer treatment. Yeah. Yes, get second opinions. Yes, uh, shop around with medical scientists. Yes, with oncologists and be healthy, you know. What have you. Eat your greens. But 
do not ever turn to this stuff because it will kill you. Yeah, fucking A. Fucking assholes. So these guys are huge grifters. They also drum up hysteria by linking 5G to coronavirus. They actually donate a portion of their sales to the Children's Health Defense. But in turn, he promotes their products on his website. You know, it's a bit of a here and there. So they've Quick got the, the mm. truth about vaccines, which is like the truth about cancer, but about vaccines because, you know, they're expanding. And what they do, because, of course, anti-vaxxers just fucking love pyramid schemes, is they use affiliate marketing to sell their shit. Yep. It's just like the usual stuff. Everything's a fucking multi-level marketing opportunity to these assholes. So using the platforms established by the disinformation dozen, basically everyone's getting rich from this. So say a G's on there, Michael Adams, the health ranger from Natural News, he's on there, and they're all pushing this bogus cancer cure. And apparently they boasted of saying they've paid out $14 million in commissions. That's to their that's to their basically their on, online sales stuff. Yeah, to their affiliate yeah. sales. Which like, you know, these guys, they've got like a top ten. Well, if, they're, if they're paying out fourteen, they're pocketing thirty. Oh fuck yeah. Oh, if if and the rest. I mean, yeah. you know, and that's just the stuff that they've done in commissions, not their direct sales. This is like these guys have made a shitload of money. So these people, some of the worst people on the planet. They're also in a QAnon, which amplifies their message and gets some more attention from the usual lunatics. They've got a uh, super PAC in the States called United Medical Freedom Super PAC, which throws some of their anti-vax money into the political sphere. Mm. And they seem to have a lot to throw around. And maybe they yeah. do believe their own bullshit. But at the uh, end of the day, th- this has gone too far. But yeah, I, just, I gather that there's that sort of cloying with QAnon that just says, look, it's just opportunistic, you know, yeah. that, there are, that, there, that those people will be suggestible. Yes, they're idiots. Uh, that's a nice so way of saying they're morons. That's why we get into QAnon. We're not, you know... <laughs> Yeah, really. We find the whole idea of of, uh, of 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 a secret society of, of pedophiles who run the world. Yeah, it's just you just tag yourself frankly, as bizarre. Gullible. But but if we get into if we sort of market our way through that cult, that's they're the sorts of people who'll buy our shit. That's exactly fucking right. So next on the shit list is Sherry Tenpenny, mm-hmm. and she's old school as fuck. I think she's like osteopath or something, but she basically trains anti-vaxxers to spread misinformation and make money from doing so. Oh. Tenpenny charges over $500 a ticket for her anti-vax training courses. Oh, and Christ. according to the report, she makes around $200,000 for each one. Which she does multiple fucking times a year. She apparently has $2 million in revenue. $2 million. That's, inc- that's according, according to the report. Senator for... Um- um, digital hate. Send. Yeah, totally. And like the thing is, she totally relies on social media. Of course she does to, you know, bring these things. And she's been deplatformed several times, but she uses quite clever band evasion tactics to maintain a presence on these platforms and get the money coming in. And she's fucking like, if anything, you can respect the fact that her grift is strong because she's doing really well out of it. <laughs> you know, like almost like you want to give her a round of applause. Of like, you know, it's like that thing, you know, one, one person's a tragedy and millions of statistic. And you're like, well, I mean, this grift is just so impressive. So, not only is she on the anti-vax train, but she also got in on the whole conspiracy fucking, you know, like uh, the election fraud conspiracy with the, you know, the crackhead pillow man, Mike Lindell. And just like our friend Pete, sharing content from Toby Robinson's hate-filled Telegram channel. What a piece of shit. So, Tenpenny gets a 0 out of 10 for me. Um, She uh, is a genuine force for evil. But the next guy... I love this guy for all the wrong reasons. He makes me laugh. 
Mike Adams, aka the Health Ranger, because that's Health what Ranger. he calls himself, the fucking Health mm. Ranger, is such a flog. He started naturalnews.com and runs a conspiracy media production house called Brighton Films, which Brighton. he launched after YouTube banned him. You know, like they'd mm. have this thing where, like, you know, they start London Real, they start doing that because they get deplatformed, blah, blah, blah. This is the guy, if you remember a few weeks ago, that pushed the story that the vaccine is going to kill everyone and everyone who's dead is going to be liquefied and turned into fertilizer. Mm. That's this guy, ah. bio sludge guy. Yeah, bio he's really sludge funny. Guy. Yeah, he's yeah. Funny. He's hilarious. All the wrong reasons. He's he's, he's a force for evil. Uh, but he gives money to all these several different, like, he gives money to different groups actively supporting the Bollingers and AVN in Australia. He's like a sponsor ah. of Dory. The CCDH has his revenue at over $4 million. So he's, yeah. he's a big fish. $4 million a year. Yeah, he's not mm. fucking around. So his mm. website is second only to McCola for alternative health news, getting 3.7 million visits Jesus, in March. Just in one uh, month. That's fucking uh, crazy. So the website is full of climate change denial, conspiracy theories, including 5G nonsense, and of course, full of anti-vax propaganda. He blames the left for everything bad. It's all oh, the fucking left. Oh, the left are doing this. The left are doing that. Shut <laughs> up. And he's a massive pusher of the usual Great Reset conspiracy theories because, of course, that's catnip to these people. And yes. like, and that, look, I will say the Great Reset is a thing. But it's not what these fucking weirdos are saying there's, there's, it is. No, there's absolutely no sign that any political system in the world is going to adopt great the Great Reset. And even I, like, you know, as someone who likes some of the ideas within the Great Reset, sometimes I'm like, oh, oh mate. It's, like, look, it's bizarre stuff. But, they're pretty I mean, funny. I mean, look, you just, it's kindling for 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 basically the, the right they in love this it. country and around the world because they think that you'll be susceptible. To this, oh God, you know, this is why everything's bad. Everything is bad all the time now. Yeah, because we are on the cusp of a great change, a great political change, and it's all fucking bullshit. It's almost the reason why the Vietnam War happened. It's like the domino effect, (laughs) you know, like oh no, communism will take over the region, and it's just laughable. Like some of the stuff the World Economic Forum comes up with, you just sort of look at and you think, oh Europe, oh bless you, fucking weirdos. So of course, this stuff is just terrifying to these people which just suits the agenda he uses bots he uses his sketchy amplification techniques which absolutely evade the bans facebook mm-hmm. instead of banning him they just banned natural news links i actually posted a natural news link on facebook and got like you know i got slapped for it and uh, it's a real <laughs> shame because it was that really funny um was that when you were sent to facebook Joe? was that no was that that no, no no i got i got done for using way too many keywords in a post and it was all the right thing it's just oh look they, they just don't care. yeah i'm not cool enough to stop be using bots checked by a person Zuck, yeah, so. man stop using those stupid bots man anyway yeah, exactly pony up and get some filipinos like mercola does so the articles on the website are littered with links to supplements and products that will protect you from the things he spends all his time making you scared of which <laughs> hilariously yeah mm. i mean like what a fucking thing oh by the way you're about to get killed oh by the way here's some survival gear so you can live in the bush <laughs> he actually sells survival gear like this is his thing so I mean, like, obviously what you're going to do is you're going to make everyone think the world's going to end and then you sell them their fucking doomsday prepper kit. It's just incredible. Yeah. So, and, Mike, and, and he's making a nice little bit of coin out of it. Oh, he's he's number two on, on yeah. the income list, isn't he? His panic room probably has all the game consoles, or at least <laughs> most of them. 
I'd love so, to see his panic room. Oh, it'd be fucking awesome. We should hang out there. It'd be great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Vaccines are bad. Oh, you pass the controller. So <laughs> basically, and this is this is such a like a, a stunted list, but you can't go on forever. I'm going to finish it off with these two people. They're an anti-vaxxer couple, G and Kelly Brogan. I mm-hmm. absolutely hate these people. If you're a listener to Conspirituality, you'll know these people and you'll fucking already hate them. They make a combined 500K, 250 each, which is pocket Oof. change on this list. But mm. it's a decent oh. salary for someone who's otherwise just a worthless grifter. Half I mean, a mil a year, I'd take it. These yeah. people should be working at fucking Walmart. So, like, you know, what can you do? <laughs> so... <laughs> They are clearly making more money than this. I mean, this is the stuff that CCDH has found, but like they're on the Bollinger's list of affiliate marketing. Like they're definitely doing more than this. Say G is actually really funny because apparently his dad's a respected scientist and professor in the US. Uh-oh. I think he teaches like fucking Princeton or something. You know, right. don't take my word for that. But like imagine this, like the kid, he's got this scientist dad and he's like, fuck you, dad. I'm going to become an anti-vaxxer. You can't yeah. tell me what to do. So. <laughs> that's right. That's, uh, that, that, I think that's probably pretty much the genesis of it. I just Don't love tell me what to do, it. Dad. Yeah, I'm going like, to become an anti-vaxxer. Christmas <laughs> is just like you. super awkward. They like you know they're there. I was like so 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 say uh, um how's uh do you like sport? Can we talk about sport? Can we not talk about <laughs> your life mission to destroy public health initiatives? So <laughs> essentially, Say G is one of the guys who claims that germs don't make you sick, but surroundings do. So germ theory is bullshit and terrain theory is the thing, which is something I really wish I didn't know about. But essentially it's a really great way of lining up to sell bullshit crystals and air filters, which have no real basis in the actual science or what he's talking about. But yeah. to basically say you will stay safe. The germs aren't going to affect you. Make sure yeah. your environment is safe. I'll sell you the things that make your environment safe. I will make you safe. And he's always got his hand out for donations, which is that thing of saying, I'm doing all this research to help make you safe. Give me some money so I can, you know, do less, annoy my dad some more. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Look, these people, I mean, these first and second tier scammers, they're not special or interesting. They're just shitty grifters. The damage they cause is immense, and it's all just so they can make a buck, just a buck, but fucking millions, and feel really special about it. The levels of narcissism and selfishness, let's just let's just move on and just go fucking fully blown sociopathy. Yeah. And these people is just off the chart. Yeah. And the reason yeah, why anti-vaxxers are so focused on slick media and pumping out content over anything else is that the more people you red pill, the more money that comes in. This yep. is why the battleground at the moment is so crucial yep. because if there is an effective rollout of a COVID vaccine, that means they'll have far fewer customers in a year or two's time. Yep. It's the album, what, as you said. This is what this battle's all about. Yeah, it's the but last anyway, Every now and then you catch a few big fish and the real and the real money starts to pump in. The donations from twenty dollars a head to two million. Yep. Two million. These are just yep. donations from so-called philanthropists. Yeah, so-called fucking philanthropists. There's this guy, Bernard Seltz, founder of Seltz Capital, fund manager. Doesn't like vaccines. He doesn't, gave one point like six million dollars to Andrew Wakefield's autism media channel. I hate they have these like vague names. Awful. What does autism media channel mean? You're a fucking anti-vaxxer. Mm, Shut the fuck mm, up. Like mm. it's just what? Oh, anyway, so obviously, if you don't know, Wakefield produced the Vax films, and you know is general like the the grandfather of anti-vaccine due to his fraudulent behaviour around the MR vaccine back in the day. But mm. this Celts guy, his wife runs the Informed Consent 
Action Network, another vague bullshit name, with Del Bigtree from The High Wire, one of the oh, hello, shittest Del. people on the fucking planet. We didn't cover him. He's a real scumbag. If you want to find something really funny, look up Del Bigtree's brick grift, where he tried to sell bricks leading from his giant compound mansion to his fucking <laughs> studio at $500 a pop. What a fucking grifter. Well, let's, why didn't we get a brick, Joe? Uh, why, honestly, why, why aren't we on that road? If I didn't hate him so much, I would be so tempted to get a brick, but fuck it. I'm just not going to do it. I'd like to get a brick. It's, it's so funny. I just want a brick. So basically, he's giving 75% of the funding to that. Which uh-huh. is in the it's it's in the deep six, if not seven feet territory, yeah. and apparently, and this is publicly, Seltzer's given around three million dollars to anti-vax causes, which is not oh, pocket change. Another rich anti-vax power couple is the Sentners, who made a shitload of money from a tech startup and now run this like anti-vaxer fueled elite private preschool in Florida. Well, I think Kelly Brogan and Say G send their kid there, but like it's there's a lot of prominent anti-vaxxers who send their kids there, and they're the ones that said to their teachers not to get vaccinated because they're shedding concerns. Ah, yes, the old shedding. Yeah, and we covered this in a previous episode, and you know these idiots are deep in it when they're talking about fucking shedding because you just like if you if you talk about shedding, we know where you're coming from. We know you've got a Telegram account, so. While we don't exactly know how much these guys give to anti-vax groups, it is publicly known they help RFK Jr. make his absolutely trash documentary called Medical Racism, which basically exploits the genuine distrust, especially regarding the Tuskegee medical experiment where they gave a whole bunch of black men That's syphilis right. and just yeah. fucked with it's a, them. It's a, whole, it's a whole other story, but 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 basically the, uh, the Tuskegee you know, illegal experiments, which Barack Obama as president apologized. Yeah. Um, uh, these are experiments conducted in the 50s and so forth. It has led to a lot of black American men avoiding the public health system. For good reason, um, because that's fucking terrifying, knowing it, there is yeah, an underlying for- medical racism the state has implemented. So RFK Jr. used that to make a fucking anti-vax film. What a scumbag. And these Mm -hmm. assholes paid for it. So he got an executive producer credit for the trouble. And these guys are billionaires. They're not millionaires. They're not casual country club members. They are billionaires. And they are completely convinced that vaccines are evil and COVID's a hoax. And like, I don't know. Like, I don't know about you, man, but like billionaires with beliefs like this scare the shit out of me. They have endless potential to just cause problems. And large amounts of money, yeah. It's just terrifying. Look, look, clearly the anti-vax industry has a lot of deep pockets behind it. There is absolutely no doubt that anti-vaccine activism is big business. It's an industry, but deplatforming is starting to work. Deplatforming definitely works. I mean, like, when it comes down to clearing these people off social media, it absolutely trims their reach. Larry Cook yeah. got deplatformed and he started whinging about how he can't make a living anymore. Larry Cook is a vicious anti-vaxxer. He's the kind of one who really does seem to sort of, you know, verge on calling for violence. He's a terrible person and him being taken off social media is an absolute godsend. But the problem here is that Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter have taken their sweet fucking time to ban these people, even though they're obviously peddling pandemic hysteria at the worst possible time. All this anti-vax misinformation, which is just damaging public confidence in huge vaccination programs. And we were screaming. Everyone was screaming from the sidelines, 
just, which felt just like forever for these accounts to just be banned. And some of them are still up. I mean, fuck it, RFK is still up some there. Some of them are, yeah, some and of they- them are. I mean, it was always sort of ca- – so we're playing catch-up now. We're playing well, catch-up in this I misinformation, mean, this sort of epidemic of, of misinformation. Too little too late. Like, you can't play catch-up. Like, the damage has been done. So these – not only this, but also they do use ban evasion tactics. They still get their message out there. Yeah. They just send it mm. through different accounts and they still send them to the websites that then still pill these people. So it's the, – the disinformation campaigns are still running thick and hot. And, like, well, okay. So the issue that underlies this is that these are public companies and they have got a profit motive. And according to the CCDH, the anti-vax followers, the anti-vax accounts are worth up to $1.1 billion, mostly on Facebook. That's just that's just from the disinformation dozen, right? Just yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like this is basically just uh, you or, know or that pyramid that pyramid related to more them, if you or like, less, yeah. yeah. Like if you were to ban anti-vaxxers, they estimate that it would cost big tech around $1.1 billion. And like I say, most of that's on Facebook. Well, this yeah. is I, I, look at <laughs> And I know, but that really, if, if if social media wants to be responsible, that that really is, you know, in their terms anyway, kind of small change. I mean, it's not well, an inconsiderable yeah. amount, but it, but it is something that you know they could enjoy some benefit for if they actually did something positive about it. It's small change in compared uh, in comparison to the amount of money the vaccine rollout impacts on the economy. is a drop in the pond when it comes to the implications that surround fucking COVID. So this Mm. is torturous, you know, like, and the thing that's really frustrating is that there's this whole thing of like, oh, you know, we can't do this, we can't do that, and blah, 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 we're thinking about it, and blah, 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 blah. When Facebook wanted to ban news in Australia, they did it overnight. They flicked a fucking switch. Yeah, we all remember it. So if you want to tell me they can't do it. It was a blanket switch too, you know. It's like, you know. So it, it, if you, if they did the same thing with anti-vaxxers, they'd probably get quite a few pro-vaccination sites in they there They very too, well but, might. Have an appeals um, process. Just have a simple yeah, appeals they process. Were, they, were, they, were not a, they were not opposed to blanket bans. Fuck no. Uh, on, <laughs> in order to make some spurious commercial point with the Australian government. Yep, that's it. I'm sorry, but if you want to say they can't do it, they fucking can and they showed us clearly that they can. So- Facebook also flags misinformation with warnings. So they know it's there. They could just delete these posts. They could ban the people peddling it. But instead, they want to keep these people because these accounts are worth money to them. So we can see clearly that Mm. Facebook do the fucking bare minimum to prevent the spread of misinformation (laughs) when it's so crucial to fucking society at large that these people are stopped in their tracks. But to be fair, the Zuck really doesn't care. No, a he's a fucking reptile. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't really care about that. But here, we'll just wrap things up now because what we've actually, what you've actually shown us, Joel, is that this is not at all about public safety. This is not about public health. This no. is about making money for a very narrow cast of people yep. who have seen uh, through through their activities prior to. 
prior to the pandemic who have seen their their bank balance swell absolutely on the basis of anti-vaccination nonsense leading up to the pandemic and And now during a pandemic and a really really dangerous time these guys are making more money and they don't want that to stop no they don't that's the motivation and their egos the size of fucking planets so the motivation is not you know that that we don't want people to become magnetic uh, we don't. Motivation is not that we don't want people to be turned into bio sludge. That <laughs> that'll be the worst thing that could possibly happen. Really, for these yeah. groups, they want yeah, a big, big audience with plenty of yep. dough to keep them yep. going. That's it. That's exactly it. And they'll just keep on going until I don't know. That's why it's critical. This is the Alamo, folks. I keep telling you. And yeah, and basically, if if. If the COVID vaccines are rolled out effectively, it will mean their audiences are are cut back. Oh. You know, they won't be able to fool any more people. I fucking hope so. And while the anti-vaxxers are making shitloads of money atop their business empires, mountains of skulls <laughs> that they're sitting on. Here's one that isn't doing so well. Oh. After having to remove his products from sale due to a hefty fine from regulators, He's gone a bit quiet, yeah. eerily quiet. Yeah. But that's how we like him. A quiet Pete is a good Pete. And here's what he's been up to in the week in Pete Evans. Oh, big week in Pete Evans. Big, big Huge. Week. Huge, huge, huge. Heavily invested in paying back his $80,000 TGA fine. He's been spruiking his retreats very hard. Mm. It's all he's really been talking about. There's a cooking school and a fasting retreat, which shows you that Pete is nothing if not versatile. He's a man of extremes. Stuff yourself, starve yourself. All at the Evolve (laughs) retreat. So when it comes to being terrified of clouds and sharing white nationalist propaganda, Pete has stayed true to his word and genuinely stopped shitposting. He's... Upping the ante on his Evolve network and pumping out recipes and podcasts for his paywall website, but his podcast guests have all been about crypto and medical marijuana. That's so bad. I mean, like, I got got nothing against either of those things. Yeah. Oh, I fucking hate crypto, but like, medical marijuana is cool. Like, it's actually quite something. I mean, like, Pete Evans, who is a man who's responsible for pilling countless middle class normies in Australia and beyond, seems to have finally actually thrown in the towel and decided not to be such a huge fucking asshole. I mean, I'm a big fan of this change. Look, mm-hmm. while I I, I said before and I say all the time, I think crypto is fucking stupid, but I can't fault him too badly because let's face it, the money he's made from crypto this year is probably going to keep him out of bankruptcy. The medical <laughs> marijuana, I can get behind that. Yeah. It's a good thing. You know, like, so while it's irritating that Pete Evans will make anything he does all about him, furthering what is, you know, like a, pretty decent cause to legalize weed for people who need it it's, it's a decent thing to do hmm? so we've always joked that pete's a friend of the podcast but in reality close, he's a self-serving the podcast, parasite yeah. who feeds off the anxiety and fear of others to sell them bullshit and maintain a lavish lifestyle he's a real piece of shit now after getting the tga fine i'm guessing he did a shitload of ketamine and woke <laughs> up realizing that maybe he's been a little bit of a fuckwit which is not going well for his fan club a cult Uh-oh. has lost their leader Tegan says in the comments, can we please address the elephant in the room? Why has Pete gone quiet about the big issues? It's his choice, but some of us look up to him. You fucking dope. And then (laughs) Emma, who is clearly a paranoid lunatic, points out quite rightly, I suppose, your jumper features a rabbit and a cross. These are satanic slash Masonic symbols. Please explain why you're wearing these. To which 
the new and improved Pete responds to her, not everything is a conspiracy. Wow. This is a cafe I visited in Hakuba, Japan, run by Aussie skiers with my family on a skiing trip. We all got jumpers, best ones we've ever owned, and they make good tucker too. Pay him a visit if you're the ever jumpers? skiing there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> he's, he's eating the jumper now. He's eating the jumpers. That's what Pete's been reduced to. Now he can't afford his grass-fed salmon. Pay them a visit if you're ever skiing there or if you think they are the cabal, then eat next door. He burned someone for being too much of a paranoid conspiracy theorist. Mm. Amazing. So, like, firstly, I think it's really funny that Pete thinks everyone's as wealthy as he is and can afford, like, skiing trips to niche places in Japan. But <laughs> the point remains. Amusing. Mm. He responded to that like a human being. Like, I, it is amazing to watch this transformation away from being a Nazi butterfly. It's beautiful. Well, I, I just think, what's going on with Pete? I mean, has someone just grabbed him roughly by the neck and just given him the sort of slapping that I always thought was his due? Just given yeah. slap after slap after slap until at last he went, that's all right, I've come to my senses now. I feel a bit better. I feel a bit more normal. Is that what's happened here? Has someone given him given him the old gangster slap treatment until finally snapped out of it. Honestly, it's it's a really nice term for Pete, but his, his, his cult is not liking it. Sarah no, no, responded in turn by saying, I was thinking the same thing. Guess this channel is now only about selling products. Shame. Oh. There are bigger issues in the world, Pete. And I can, oh. while Pete may be focusing on his business enterprises right now, it's only really a grift if he's using fear and anxiety to sell bullshit. I don't care if this guy sells fucking retreats. Only if he's not using sketchy white nationalism and fucking anti-vax propaganda yes. to fire people up into coming out. Like, mm. you know, like that's that's the damage. So I can't help, to be fair, that Sarah might be a plant though because she used a semicolon and that's not anything like Pete's <laughs> followers. That, these are not literate people. Like the, the semicolon, I'm like, hold on, hold on. Yes. Are you legit? She has you- used it quite correctly. Well, yeah. no, she has and it's actually comma. But anyway... Look, I, I think it's good that she's gone to the thought. And, yeah. um, and it Look, shows- the fact that she considered it, the fact that she knew where it was on the keyboard yeah, is so right. out of place. Yeah, it's, it, it is odd. It, is, it odd. is. So putting that aside, let's face it. The next week in Pete Evans is probably going to be littered with Tommy Robinson posts and Tucker Carlson videos that casually hint at the great replacement theory and like, you know, the Jews are to blame. But for now, Pete has been true to his word and stopped shitposting nasty things and just being a guy that likes food and medical marijuana. And mm. look, I like those things too, Pete. Uh, I just feel like we're kind of getting closer. It's really he's, quite nice. He's a very close friend of the program. He's a very close. Well, I feel like he's a close-er friend of the podcast as a result of this <laughs> massive handbrake turn. We, so we I, have, we've, we've changed him. I think we've yeah, changed him. I think mate, we should ex- accept some credit here. Oh, we should accept all the credit for this entirely. No, nothing to do with his own personal development. You can't have that, Pete. We're not going to let you have that. So as the week in Pete Evans has always served as a kind of canary in the coal mine for conspiratorial thinking in this country, I am very pleased to announce our canary is doing great. It's upright. It's chirping. It's fantastic. With any luck, this will be reflective of a greater shift towards sanity in the pilled community and a time we see all these hippies take off their fucking Nazi uniforms and, you know... Step down from the fucking podium. It's step away from the Nazism. Mm. Yeah, it'd be nice, you know, like you know, take off the patches, stop listening to Screwdriver. But 
I mean, let's face it, it's it's going to last a week. Well, you never know. And we'll be, we'll be having a close look at that next week just to see. I will be keeping close track on Pete because I am I'm thinking we need to do like a mental health check on the guy because this is a little <laughs> bit too quiet. Oh, a welfare visit. Up yeah, north. that's it. Yeah. You have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your host, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. And if you've enjoyed our bullshit, throw us a five-star review on your podcast app. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on at Crunchy Moses with a K. We set up a Facebook page you can find fairly easily. Just search the Conditional Release Program. There's also a shitposting page, the Conditional Release Program, shitposting. It's pretty easy. But promoting a podcast is way easier said than done. We appeal every week, every now and then. You guys listen and you share the thing. We get really heartwarmed. We end yeah. up retweeting it because we're fucking Joel's vain big. as well. Yeah. Just Joel's come big. on. I don't beg, but, but Joel is, and, and good on him. Good on him for having absolutely no no self-esteem whatsoever and, and dropping to his knees in a, in a pathetic attempt to, to drive our numbers up. And finally, all feedback, tips and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's just to demand a refund for all the anti-vax shit we're knocking out in our websites. Oh, mate, I've got to make a living. Thanks, guys. See ya. See ya.